You're listening to the Townsville Chamber cast. Essential information, ideas and news that matters to the business community of Townsville. In this episode, Townsville Chamber CEO Ross McLennan sits down with Margaret Shaw, OAM, to talk about the journey she has been on and the fight for affordable and obtainable insurance in Northern Australia. Welcome, Ross and Margaret. Thanks, Claire. And well, Margaret, I think uh, when I first heard your voice back on um, on radio, I think it was back in 2011, uh, maybe 2012, this this voice talking about the grappling effects of, uh, of insurance in, in Northern Australia. We'd just obviously been through Cyclone Yassi the year before and, and uh, our renewal come back, of course, it had doubled and uh, we couldn't get certain components of it. And, you know, obviously the Chamber's been been doing a fair bit of work uh, on insurance lately with your with your guidance and help, of course, on those all groups we've been sitting on and I, I just wanted to reach out to you get an opportunity to sit down and just have a chat to you because this has been it's been a hell of a journey it's been a hell of a decade I thought we'd just get in have a little bit of a chat about insurance but I, I guess to start off you know why why did you start why did you start on this journey of, of, of volunteering if you like um, for, for affordable and obtainable insurance in northern Australia well, it all started in 2011 after Yassi, which was in the February. Strata premiums in the Whit Sundays increased by 200 to 600% overnight with no claims and no warnings. And as far as I know, we weren't anywhere near Cyclone Yassi. We didn't have any damage. We didn't lose any power. Uh, it's over a day's drive north. And in Cairns, their increases were up to 800%. And my MP at the time, George Christensen, had examples of 1,000%. Now, that basically happened to Strata. And the apartments where I lived in, our premiums went from 25,000 for 25 apartments to 81,000 overnight. And our then treasurer hadn't budgeted for that. I mean, how can she budget for such a massive (laughs) increase? She couldn't cope and she had a breakdown um, and that's when I got involved and took up the cause for fair and affordable insurance premium for North Queensland. I mean, it was quite bad. We didn't have enough time to raise a, a EGM. We didn't have enough time to find the money. It's actually not legal to take money out of your sinking fund to pay for the admin fund, which is where insurance falls. We had to take out a premium loan and that cost us another $6,000. So I started rattling in the cages in 2011. I wrote my first email on the 4th of June 2011 and I've written tens of thousands of emails since then. Um, at 2012, home and contents insurance started going up and then rural became almost impossible to find and then commercial went up. Um, at the end of 2011, I managed to get the first inquiry with the help of Warren Inch and George Christensen, and it was a cross-party federal inquiry, and it was held in Townsville in 2012, February, a year after Yassi. Um, I was allowed to present twice because I had some of the answers to some of the other questions that were raised, <laughs> as one does when one's pedantic like me. Um, and when there were nine recommendations came out of that initial qu- inquiry and none of them were accepted by anybody. Nine. So, nine. So the fight contained, you know, continued. Where I thought that was the beginning at the end, it was wrong. 
from these insurance premiums that we're going through still, they're having such devastating effect on areas already affected by the downturn, downturn in resources sector, GFC, dropping tourism, then Debbie hit. They've called mental, physical health, financial difficulties. They've led into mortgagee and possession sales, a major reduction in property values and bankruptcy. And more importantly, there's nothing stopping it from happening again. And there's nothing stopping it from happen happening to other areas of Australia due to bushfires or storms, etc. We just have to put a line in the sand and say we have market failure and something needs to be done. So so listening to you, like, I mean, it's it, it's not insurance that's got you being the bonnet. It's the human effect. You, you, you're watching your friends, your colleagues, you're watching what they're going through. That That's, that's the emotion coming through, isn't it? I mean, the insurance is just... Just the instigator, if you like. I can remember in 2012, I got a phone call from an 86-year-old lady who is no doubt no longer with us. For the first time in her life, she couldn't pay her bills. She never gave me her name. She just cried down the phone. Mm. So every time I thought about backing away from insurance, my husband would say, remember that lady that phoned you? <laughs> and you just get up and, and you keep doing it again. So, you know, we've had at least seven inquiries over the year, one task force. I've submitted to them all, as have other people. We even managed to get financial services and insurance included in the Royal Commission into banking. However, only 6% of the submissions were on insurance. And that's because the banking crisis affects the whole of Australia. And the insurance crisis really is only north of the Tropic of Capricorn across. So it's only northern Australia. And as we all know, we don't really matter. Well, in, in, I mean, it's amazing how numbers always line up. And, and I know you're pedantic with your numbers. But, you know, when I read that ACCC report, um, we collect 6% of premiums in northern Australia. So um, how that number keeps coming up, I don't know. It could, could be irrelevant, but... But gee, so, so in 2015, um, I, I read this paper before we started sort of going down the insurance. And I, and I must admit, you know, the Townsville Chamber, we really want to get involved in this space. But we were relying on a lot of work done earlier by groups that you were involved with and, and other groups and, and sort of trying to pull George come into our office, George Christians as well, uh, other local members. Um, and... Um, I read this paper you wrote, the Northern Australia insurance premiums. It was, it was, it talked about reinsurance pools. It, it talked about mutuals, but, but there was a line in the report that you wrote, and, and it said premiums in North Northern Queensland are largely unconstrained by competitive forces, as there is little or no competition. And and that, I mean, it was in a fifty-eight or sixty-page report, but that sentence really jumped out to me. And then when we were looking at options, we, we need competition in the marketplace, don't we? We need we need those things to happen. But that was two thousand and fifteen. What what come of that paper? What come of those reports when you when you submitted that? Well, the Northern Australia Insurance Premium Task Force was in two thousand and fifteen. Um, I was appointed by Tony Abbott onto the advisory panel as consumer representative. Unpaid, of course. It's all been unpaid. Um, they were supposed to decide between a reinsurance pool and a mutual, but they didn't write any scope. Treasury never writes any scope. Even this last inquiry we've just had, there's no scope. Mm. So if you've got no scope, you don't know what your goals are, you don't know if you've succeeded or not. In the first meeting we had, 
the then CEO of the Insurance um, Council of Australia said, uh, well, first of all, we've got to decide what the problem is. And that wasn't <laughs> what the task force was about. It was about, do we have a reinsurance pool or do we have a mutual? In the end, after all the work, and I happened to have been overseas in the Greek islands on holiday, and they were arranging meetings, and I attended by Skype. And it was three o'clock in the morning, my time. My husband didn't know whether to make me a cup of tea or give me a glass of wine. Um, I settled for the wine. <laughs> Why they couldn't hold their meetings in the morning so at least, you know, I was still up was beyond me. Maybe they kind of hoped I wouldn't attend, but I did. I attended every meeting of that task force. And in the end, the results were, well, neither of them will work. That's it. So I don't know why we spent $7 million on a task force that um, decided that neither of the solutions they were supposed to be investigating would work. Wow. $7 million, $7 million on the inquiry or the task force. I think that's what it cost. Yeah, right. So, okay, 2015, we bounce along. We get, we get seven um, recommendations or we get two to talk about, none implemented. Um then we move into sort of sixteen seventeen and the announcement of the AM Trade Triple C um, doing their inquiry. That that meant we waited another three years. Yeah, there was a few in between. Uh, Productivity Commission international uh, natural disasters and and all sorts of things going on in the background. The difference with the A Triple C inquiry was it's the first time ever in any of the inquiries that they could. Um, command the insurance companies to hand over the data. All the others have been voluntary um, and there were a couple of, of inquiries by Peter Martin, the Australian actuary, where insurance companies just refused to hand over the data because they didn't have to and they didn't want to. And he did one when Suncorp gave him all the information and then when he did a review uh, the second one, Suncorp refused to give the data over because they said they had supplied enough. Now, at that time, Suncorp was the biggest insurer in northern Queensland. And without their information, it doesn't matter what you've got, the figures are wrong. Mm, mm. And then, so the ACCC could, could start on that. But that, you know, that that report was released. I know it's got November written on it, but we didn't get it no. until the, the 21st of December. And I'm sure you didn't, uh, no, you didn't. didn't either. So we all, we all read it um, on our Christmas break. And, or, or, you know, I remember reading on Fraser Island and, and Harvey Bay and those sort of places nipping through it. You know, um, there, there was 30 odd recommendations in that. Um, you know, some of them were a website. Uh, so they weren't, they weren't bold. They weren't strong recommendations. What was it like reading that report after all that time had passed and all that work had already gone into it? There were 38 recommendations, five of which um, applied to state and territory level. I think the final report was fine, but I don't know if you read any of the previous reports that led up to that final report because some of that information in there was absolutely shocking there was one insurance company that added $750 to every policy in Townsville because the policy was written for Townsville, just for the hell of it. There was one email from a senior manager that basically says, um, we didn't know we could get away with rising our, raises our, raising our premiums that much. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying we need to find ways of justifying it. Like, 
claims uh, processing and reinsurance costs, blah, 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 blah. I mean, some of the stuff in the interim reports really shocked me. Mm. And But the 38 reports, quite a lot of them are legislative changes of uh, various acts and, and websites. Websites are all very well. I mean, Warren Inch got one up for Northern Queensland, a comparison website, but it doesn't work for Strata. Because mm. Strata is so diverse. You've got high-rise buildings, you've got um, gated communities, you've got separate buildings on, on one site. Mm. Um, it, you've got retirement homes or lifestyle villages. Strata can be a totally different thing, and the definition in Queensland is different to the definition in Northern Australia. It's different to the definition in North WA. So even now, when they've come to the reinsurance pool, I am slightly concerned about nobody's defined what strata actually is. I mean, Hamilton Island isn't strata. It falls under the um, Corporations Act. Even though they've got uh, body corporates, they don't fall under the BCCM Act in Queensland. Are they included? Doesn't look like it. Mm. And, and I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get onto the complexities of state-based legislation uh, and tiers of government, I guess, they've all got roles to play in this because, you know, the, the, the vast majority of the conversation around this has been strictly with the federal government um, with a reinsurance pool because obviously we can pull levers, it's in the constitution, there's other things that, that go around that. But, you know, um, last week or uh, we, we did see um, the reinsurance pool for cyclone and flood-related damage uh, get through the House of Representatives. Uh, with a minute or so to spare, I might add, it was uh, we got the reading was on and then it was off and then any, anyway, so it's got through. Um, you know, I, I know you've personally been involved in this all leading up, but but even your volunteer work over the last c- couple of years, as, as these announcements are being made, has been immense as well. You know, it, how, how do you think the reinsurance pool will go? Are you happy with it? Is is probably the question. I think what they've come up with, and I haven't actually seen the actual model, I'm not even sure the insurance companies have seen the actual model. Mm-hmm. Um, from a consumer point of view, I'm really concerned with who it covers, who's who, who could benefit from it. I think what they've come up with is not perfect, but I don't think any legislation is perfect straight off. Um, I started this fight 10 years ago on behalf of Sea Star Apartments in Airlie Beach, which was my home for 15 years, Um, and they won't be immediately covered because they're not strata residential. They're strata accommodation and they're valued at more than 5 million and have less than 50% residential. But we do have a commitment that after the 12-month review, um, strata accommodation modules will be included along with marine. Mm. But my thing is, let's get this in, let's get it running, let's see if competition does come back to the market, let's see what the actual savings are Yep. because we've only got ones that have come out of actuaries and out of federal t- treasury. Let's see how much it does cost the government. Let's have the 12-month review and then let's expand it. And hopefully, you never know, in, in two or three years, they might be able to say, yes, this is working, this is working well, and it works for cyclone across the whole of northern Australia. Let's look at bush, bushfires. Yep, yeah. And, 
I, I know, Mark, like I, I, I've, I've had the sceptic conversations over the last couple of weeks as well, but I'm, I'm definitely with you in, in relation to we, we had to do something. We had to get started somewhere. Um, I, I think it's been a, a huge effort by, by, you know, multiple sides of politics, to be honest. Like when we talk to um, our local members or, or, or members more abroad, um, you know, they're not they're not disagreeing with us. They've, they've been passionate advocates for, for getting this up. So I know we'll argue a little bit about the detail in this in this very early stage, but I, I think you're dead right. I think, you know, let's let's get it started. Let's get going and, and let's get some competition back into the marketplace. And if we um, if we don't see those prices come down, then let's have a look at the legislation then and how we can manipulate that to, to keep the pressure on. I totally agree. Um, I understand you've got to walk before you run. Um, and I can understand from an IT background that, which is where I came from, that maybe, you know, if you include everything now, then the potential savings will be adjusted downwards accordingly. Let's just see what the real figures are at the end of 12 months. I mean, I'm presuming that people understand that on the 1st of July, they won't suddenly get reductions <laughs> because they won't get <laughs> reductions until the insurance companies get reductions and they won't get reductions until their reinsurance contracts are due for negotiation. Some people have already done them in December, which means they won't be able to cancel that contract and enter one with the government until December this year. Mm. It, it will be a flow-on effect. So it will be at least 12 months until we, we know what's actually happening out there in the marketplace. But at the moment, we've got market failure. We've yep. got 49 strata complexes that are legally underinsured against Queensland legislation. How can you be legally underinsured? I think mean, that's a contradiction in terms. And it's the first time in history that the BCCM commissioner in Brisbane has, allow, has had to allow this to happen. As complexes prove, we can't get full replacement value insurance. Yeah. Look, I, I, we'll, we'll, as I said, we'll keep we we'll keep harping on about the state stuff, but it's 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 so true that, that there is incredibly prescriptive legislation um, to do with to do with the state government that um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've written to independently and, and other groups will start to advocate for as well. Obviously, the other big one with um, with stamp duty, with the, with the states also stamp duty charged on, on premium amount, not on, not on policy. Um, that, that's a, you know, 10% on top of something that's 200% higher already. Uh, it's a huge, it's a huge add-on costs for people up here. The ACCC recommendation once was uh, one, sorry, was to remove stamp duty on insurance products. Yep. Uh, number two was to uh, calculate it based on the value of the property being insured instead of the value of the premium, which makes so much more sense. Yeah. It's it's silly, and you've got a tax on a tax because you've got GST on stamp duty or the other way around. It's GST on stamp duty. Yep. Yeah, and, and if it's a commercial property, you're actually paying for the terrorism reinsurance pool as well, 6% if you're in, in Townsville and 2.3% and if you're out west. So, yeah, that, those compounding things, I mean, if they're all charged at different times, I mean, it's up to 28 to 29% on top of a premium. Well, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, the, everybody keeps telling us that stamp duty is a ineffective tax. It costs more to bring it in than it does that you than the amount that you bring in. Mm. So why, why isn't it being looked at and why isn't it being removed? And Oh, look, I you know, uh, we could add payroll tax into there as well. And, and uh, so <laughs> definitely another podcast, that's for sure. And we have done ones on, 
on that as well and, and ideas around that. So something that we'll definitely continue to work for. But what one of the interesting little thing in the in the reinsurance pool bill when it went through, um, Margaret, I don't know if you saw this one, it was deep in it. Um, but there was a um, the, the Australian Reinsurance Pool Corporation who will be managing uh, the reinsurance pool for cyclone and flood-related damage because its remat is, is getting bigger. It's not just doing terrorism now. They are expanding to two new board members on that. Now, I'm, I haven't got a call yet, and I'm, I'm wondering if, if you've had a call uh, from the ARPC for one of those board member spots. No, I haven't, but they do have my telephone number. They do have it? Yeah, I flew down to Sydney at one point and had a meeting with them um, back in 2015 when they they were looking at IRA reinsurance pool or a mutual, and I thought, well, I better find out what the reinsurance pool does. Yeah, yeah. So I went down and I had a meeting with them and we talked it all out, and then I went to see a mutual and they told me how they work. So I thought, well, okay, let's see where we go from here, which was nowhere, obviously. But no, um, so if there's anybody looking, you do have my telephone number. I am available for board positions, so long as you pay me this time. Yes, that's yeah, that that's the that's the prerequisite. I I don't know <laughs> I don't know how how the remuneration uh, will go, Margaret. But I know one of our uh, straight up recommendations when we were going through the bill, we only found three that we thought were, were relative and one of them definitely was that northern representation uh, on a board that is running something that affects people in northern Australia. That, it's, just, it's just, it's 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 a no-brainer. It just makes sense. I mean, that was the problem with the task force in 2015. Nobody on that task force, apart from me, not even the advisory panel or the treasury side of it, lived, nor- lived in Queensland, full stop. Um, I was the only one. And nobody on this inquiry into the reinsurance pool from Treasury point of view or whatever lived in Queensland. Only the consultancy panel this time at last were Queenslanders. Mm. But the technical panel, I don't think any of those are Queenslanders. But I don't know because they haven't been able to tell us who's on the technical don't, panel. Don't know that one, just, just us, yeah. Um, but uh, look, we covered off stamp duty and we, we, we covered off the... the uh, prescriptive legislation by the state. I think I think we've we've got to keep that on the agenda. We've got to keep talking about that, especially in your space that you're so passionate about the strata component of it. Yeah, yeah. But um, look, I, I I did see another interesting quote um, from from you in 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 the papers you've written, and and it basically said insurance is not a luxury; it is a necessity and has to be affordable. And I know we were sort of defined insurance as an essential service. And, um, you know, markets can't function properly um, without it. Do, do you, you know, I guess you're a bit of an optimist because you keep coming back to this all the time. Do you, do you think we can do it? Do you think we can get Northern Australia back to parity on, on, on this front of insurance? Depends what you're st- defining as parity. Mm. Um, if you're defining it as southeast Queensland, <laughs> I don't think you've got a lot of chance. But if you're defining it as... Many years ago, we got 14 million in the federal budget, I think that's 2014, for a strata assessment uh, product. Now I know I'm back on strata, but it works for home and contents and everything as well. It took the state government three years to accept it. And they gave it to JCU up in Townsville and they developed a risk assessment tool. They'd already done a risk assessment tool and it was on paper and it was sitting on somebody's desk for three, four, five years. 
cyclone testing centre will tell you all about that. Yeah. Um, and then there were grants for uh, properties to have this risk assessment done. Now, if they enhance that and actually give a or add a risk assessment score, then there's no reason why a product like that can't be expanded to include other natural disasters, storms, bushfires, floods, even even drought, and come up with a risk um, score for each property. Then I don't see any reason why somebody's got a risk score in Townsville of 125 isn't paying the same premium as somebody with a risk score in Victoria that's 125. Mm. Now that's parity. Oh, I love it. I, yeah, I mean, and and I think what you highlight there is the the complexities of the of the issue. And I and I think, you know, one of the things that we've spoken a lot about is is insurance is an essential service, and it is it is complex, but um, we all deserve to have it at a at an affordable and ob- obtainable price. And I I think that's um, you know, you've got to spread the risk as far and wide as possible um, to minimise um, or, or or help the ones or the few that are affected. And if we try and stick to that basic principle, um, and that probably gets back to your the way you're risk pricing something rather than a, a, a closed um, uh, doors approach. But look, I mean, um, Margaret, like personally, I want to I want to thank you for for all your dedication and work. And I know a lot of other people have as well. And and there are there are three little letters after your name. Um, was that because of your work in insurance? Oh, yes. It was such a surprise. Um, they awarded me the Medal of the Order of Australia, the powers that be. I think I had, somebody said I had two or three nominations in, and um, which was, I didn't know I had any, uh, and it was for um, services to the community of North Queensland, and that's purely um, insurance advocacy. Well, that's, uh, I think that's a, a beautiful way to end the podcast and a beautiful way to sign off to you, Margaret Shaw, OAM. Uh, and um, and um, thank you so much for your time. And I, I somehow feel this mightn't be our last conversation, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Many thanks for your time, Ross. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Townsville Chambercast. Remember to subscribe so you're the first to know when new episodes are released.